Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. Good afternoon. Uh, we are here with Dr. Tamara Beckford, and we are going to be talking all about Stonegate and the Cypress Town Lake area, as well as uh, as well as her business. And so let's just kind of kick it off. Uh, what would you say the best, or excuse me, first of all, uh, would you like to give a, a intro for yourself? Absolutely. So first... Thank you for having me on and welcome to those who are coming to Houston. You know, Houston is so multifaceted and that's one of the reasons why I love being here and I moved here from the Northeast. So I saw that it was such a diverse area and I'm like, okay, I know that I will love being here. And after 13 years, I know I've made the right decision. <laughs> so um, I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford. I am an ER physician by training. I am also the CEO of Your Care and Docs, where we help organizations reduce um, stress and burnout in their employees. I also, you know, have the honor of helping private practices with um, increasing their productivity and their unification of their team through employee retreats. I can proudly say now I'm a Houstonian and I'm ready to divulge all the info for anyone else who's moving down here to the H-Town. <laughs> Fantastic. So after 13 years, I think it took me 15 years. So uh, you, you, you caught on faster than I did. You're a quicker study than I am. Um, whereabouts in the Northeast were you? So I grew up in New Jersey and I did my training in Philadelphia. You know, I've spoke to a lot of people that have either lived in Philadelphia or did their training in Philadelphia. So, fantastic. All right, well, what do you think the best thing about uh, Tom Lake area is? I think one of the best thing about this area, it's very quiet, but yet still, it's an up and coming area. So, um, you know, I've been out here before Town Lake even existed, and we're seeing um, so many restaurants that are here. Um, the school system in this area is very good. The people are friendly. And it's, if you have a um, young family, this is a great place for you to raise your family. There are a lot of young um family out there, a lot of activities for kids. Um, and it's also very diverse when it comes to religion. So if you are, um, you know, looking for a community that fits all those criteria, then I think that this area is one for you. Fantastic. So um, 13 years ago, why did you decide on Houston? Kind of what, what, what made you decide on Houston? So the reason I decided on Houston um, at this recording will sound very awkward because um, in Philadelphia during the time, it was just so cold <laughs> and we were getting tons of snow and I was just over it. So I said, you know what, I'll move to Houston where it's warmer and I'm laughing because at this recording, we've had like record heat <laughs> So you can ask, you, sometimes you get what you ask for right? <laughs> and, in, and in excess, but it really, I wanted to be in an area where I figured that I can look at life this way. I can do three months of activity outdoors, which I feel like what happens more in the Northeast, or I can have nine months of being able to do activities outdoor, which I feel like happens when you're in Houston because the weather 
for the majority of the year is very temperate and you're able to do lots of activities with your family. Yeah. I think this might be cliche, but you don't have to shovel, you don't have to shovel the heat, right? Like that's, that's the, that's the bigger thing. I, I'm originally from Chicago. So, um, I just remember, you know, but I was a kid. So, you know, like, you know, they, they'd shut down schools or you could go out there and play and snowball fights. And, you know, for me as a young kid, I, I could earn some extra money going shoveling driveways or sidewalks. Um, but as you get to be an adult and you've got to drive into work, right, or you've got to get your kids to all these activities, um, that's that's just not as much fun. Um, so, yeah, I think you made the right choice. Uh, I think you made the right choice. Let's talk about, um, what do you think about the restaurants in the area? What would you say are some of the best restaurants? So some of the best restaurants, um, we have now some that are a little bit more than just chain restaurants. Like I mentioned, when I first moved out here, we really didn't have a lot of diverse non-chain restaurants, but coming to the Town Lake area. If you're looking to move anywhere in the Houston area, don't forget, we'd love to help you out. Give us a call or shoot us an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. Some of the um, ones that I like particularly, um, and yeah, they might be chained in some of the other um, areas of Houston, but Ambrisia is one of the, that's a Tex-Mex, um, really fresh food, um, excellent service. Um, you know, interestingly, um, when my family and I went there, um, they mentioned that the service there, the mindset of those who are working is that the average person sometimes saves their money for even maybe like weeks to be able to take their family out. And they want to ensure that they have an excellent time because they recognize the value that they can bring to the person who has really come here to sit, to be entertained and to, to have a great experience. So I do like high-end restaurants, like, you know, like, you know, Steak 58 and, um, and you know, Eddie V's and all those, like, you know, I do go to those, but to be able to be in an area where someone values the experience and try to give that same level of experience to the average person, I thought that was very commendable. So that already got a high marks in my in my eye, and so we frequent that um, restaurant. And say the name again, just just in case somebody missed it. Say the name again of the restaurant. Ambrisia. Ambrisia. Yeah, the A M B R I C A. That's amazing. I think too often we forget yeah, that. I, um, I thought that. Yeah, it was very very commendable of that. Um, the Union Kitchen is another one that we like um, for fresh food. Um, they definitely do um, seasonal. Um, they change up the, the menu seasonally. Um, so that's a great one. Um, and then, of course, Sweet Green. Like, who does not like Sweet Green? Fresh vegetables, great salad. <laughs> All the things so we should do more of. Great one. Yes, I mean we all we all need a little bit more of it, um, but it's a great way to enjoy fresh food. So those are some of my top three. Great. Now, um, 
you have kids, right? So what would you say? Are, are your kids like those, or do, would your kids, if they said, hey, we're going to go someplace you guys get to choose, what, what would they pick? Chick-fil-A. 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 All day, every day, all day, every day. I'm like, you know, <laughs> we try to expand their palate, but I'll just keep in mind, my kids are four and then my, um, my oldest just turned seven, um, three days ago. So, so, so that's the palate that we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, I guess, um, you just have to kind of keep exposing them. Right. I, I, our, our kids are the same way. Chick-fil-A, uh, Whataburger, they're, they're definitely down with those. Um, we did take them to Melting Pot, and uh, ooh, they did ooh. get a big kick out of that. Um, they they enjoyed that very much. So that's just a you have to plan that, right? That's a, that's a, it's a very long period of time when you go through there. It's a, it's not an in and out type of place. And then uh, they they love even they love the dessert. Like they would go there just for the dessert, the you know melted chocolate type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, in, in the kind of a day-to-day -day type of stuff chick-fil-a waterburger they're gonna they're gonna pick those um yes. so that's really good <laughs> um how about entertainment options what do you what do you have going on out there there is actually well right there in that particular area they do have in um the green space they have music um especially on the weekends so that's for entertainment other than that I would say um, one is either if you're entertained by going to the cinemas, there's some cinemas, um, not directly at Town Lake, but in the Cypress area um, off of 290. Um, and uh, there are some smaller dive bars. Well, um, that's not really a dive bar. It's a wine bar. Okay, I'm gonna say dive bar because that's like so north northeast. I'm like, yeah, we're going. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's not a dive bar. <laughs> it's it's a refined version of a dive bar, which is a wine bar. Yeah, and um, there's one um, out in um, called the Hidden Cellar, and they would have live live music. Yeah. That's fantastic, Hidden Cellar. So kind of different different types of music, or do they kind of do more jazz, blues, or is it kind of a home mixture? Um, it's a home mixture. It's a live band that can do a lot of variety. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. All right, really good. So four and seven, they're they're still. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's a there's a um, there's a bar off of um Barker Cypress called LTS, and they have karaoke. I think karaoke is on Thursday nights. And so do you karaoke? That's, that's, is that your thing? I watch karaoke. I karaoke. Ah. <laughs> okay. I sing from my sing from my <laughs> I do enjoy watching karaoke. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. Well, I'm, I have to. I have to get there, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna be hoping to see you up on stage one of those times. Well, we can try. We'll if I see you there, then we can do one. We can do a song, a duet. All right, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do a duet. I don't know what that would be, but we'll yeah, figure we'll it out. Journey. We'll do journey. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yep, yeah, can't go wrong with journey. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all the, the kids. I, I want to go back to the activities. I, I think the four and seven. So maybe the four was still kind of young. Maybe, but what kind of activities do you have available for the kids up in that area? So we have um, 
particularly my kids, um, we have them in Taekwondo. So the it starts at, I think around four, but my, my four-year-old was able to start at three. So interestingly, they're actually going to be doing a tournament this weekend, so which is good. Both yeah, of them? So both, yeah, so they're not orange belts, so they've moved beyond the, the stripes and they've moved to the solid colors. <laughs> so they're orange, um, they're orange belts now. And um, so they do Taekwondo. Um, they also have um, some sports where they have um, participated in soccer, um, I-9 sports um, available. They did that on the weekend. And then um, swimming is another thing um, with, there's a fleet swim school, elite swim school. So there are also other swim clubs. There, there are a lot of swim clubs around here. So if we have um, families, they have aqua tots, um, penguin, um, the Houston Swim Club, there, there are a lot of um, swim um, clubs around here. So if you're, if you're, if you have young children, even like, you know, I think part is starting around like six months and you wanted to get them exposed to swimming, there are a lot of um, options available in this area. Yeah, I think I've talked to a lot of parents um, and we started our kids young too, because, um, you know, with so many pools here in Houston, right? It, it's just kind of a life skill. So everybody wants to get their kids. Um, when we took ours, um, we took ours, they actually, part of their test when they were, I call them babies. They're still my babies, right? They're, they're 10, but I'm gonna call them babies till they, till I can't, till I can't speak right, anymore. Right. Um, they throw them in the pool with all their clothes on, shoes and all. Um, oh, just to kind of get them used to that that whole shock of, of hitting the water with your clothes on and not you know kind of being prepared for it. So I, I thought that was really yeah, cool. Um, and then for people that aren't familiar with I nine, we love I nine too because that whole deal is they practice and play in the same day. So yes. until yes. you're ready to kind of graduate as a parent to spend in three four days a week, um, you know, taking your kids to both practices, tournaments, and games and all that stuff. Um, yeah, we got them involved. I nine soccer, I nine football, I nine basketball. So yeah, you show up um, on a Saturday and they they, they mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. and then they play, and then you can get on with the rest of your weekend. Um, and then for us, we had basketball and football going at the same time with my daughter and son. So you know maybe it maybe it lasted a five hour period, right? We had you know morning and afternoon or something like that, but. It was just, it was fantastic. And then it gives them a good introduction. They meet some different people. So yeah, I-9 would love as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, how about- see a lot of them in the community that they normally wouldn't. Yeah. What sports are they liking right now with I-9? Um, they are doing soccer. So actually um, they've asked if they could go back to doing soccer. Um, so we only did soccer because of the fact that they're doing the Taekwondo and they're doing the swimming. Very good, very good. Um, how about the schools? Um, what's, what's, we have good schools in Cyprus or, or what would you say? Absolutely. Um, for, so I have the youngest, he's in a Montessori school. Okay. And um, really, really love Montessori. Um, I love their philosophy. I, um, I, I love the way that my kids are communicating. 
Um, the oldest was in, did Montessori for a year, because we do have to keep in mind, um, we did have the pandemic during this time. So the youngest was a year and a half when the pandemic started. So was at home through that period. And when, when we reintroduced him back to the community, we did that through the Montessori school. So he was three. And then the um, oldest was three and a half during the pandemic. And so when he got reintroduced, he did um, Montessori for, for H5 to six. Gotcha. And yeah. now and, they're in And now the oldest is in public school. And what school is that? Mm -hmm. Berks Elementary School. So he's a Berks Bulldog. Berks Bulldog, that's fun. That's yeah. fun. I like that. Um, how long have you been in Cyprus? Did I, I think I forgot that or I didn't write that down. How long have you been in Cyprus? Um, we've been in Cyprus for 10 years, 10 years now. 10 years, okay. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, you hit on it already. You've seen quite a bit of growth there in Cyprus. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I first moved here, um, as I mentioned, Town Lake didn't exist. Um, Bridgeland didn't exist, <laughs> and now Bridgeland is is an enormous area, um, even going to be one of probably the largest. Um, there's a new area beyond that that's opening called Durham Point, that's across from the Outlet Mall area. So all of that did not exist when I moved here. Now there's a mix of um, so you got the master plan communities with um, mm -hmm. with Bridgeland, right, and then that other one popping up, and then but you've got kind of a mix of homes, right? Don't you have some homes that are on kind of some bigger, I wouldn't call them acreage, right, but bigger lots, right? And then you've got Correct. some more kind of Correct. the regular subdivisions. Um, do they still have a lot of kind of those um, big lots available, or is it mainly is it most of the energy going into the master plan communities? I'm not directly sure how many big lots are available, but um, I think a lot of energy has been placed in the master plan community. There are some um, homes that um, in the Cypress area um, that are on lots that I would say um, if you are driving off of Barker Cypress going towards the Huffmeister area, um, you'll see some of the standard um, older homes. Um, and, and that's one thing, too, that that's so interesting about this area. You can drive for five, ten minutes, and then you can find, um, like, a, a, a small farm that's selling, like, you know, farm-raised chicken and, and, and things. So I think it gives you a mixture of both being able to have a um, farm-raised and farm-fresh and then still being in more of the standard master plan community. So you get a, a mixture of both because they have like 4 H clubs, like the, the kids in the um, Cypress high schools, I, I think maybe even the middle school, like they get to participate. They're participating in um, the Houston Rodeo. They're raising their own, um, you know, animals and they're rearing them and, and they're competing. So even though you're here, you can still interact and learn um, more of the, some of the rural skills. That's good. It gives. I think it's important to give kids that mix, right? Um, 
-hmm. you know if you're if you're just used to kind of seeing more urban or, or city type of living it's it's nice to be able to see um well again some points where your food comes from right but just kind of that the openness of the farmland um you know when we first moved out here it was a little bit more open but uh it, it gets gets built on pretty quickly so it's good that you oh, still yeah, have you some say, kind of do not do not use not a landmark <laughs> because it's not going to be there in a couple of weeks <laughs> yes that's very true very true now from a commute perspective you talk about kind of driving around um you do you work out of your home or do you go into an office so for my business i work from home but um, okay. as an er physician i go to the hospital got you and so what's that commute like um, where, which hospital and then what, what's that commute like? So for me, everyone, my commute is excelente because I work at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> so everyone's asleep when I'm driving in. So my commute is a 24 door-to-door, 24 minutes door-to-door. And um, yeah, so I, I work for, um, for one of the Houston um, Methodist hospitals. Yeah. Gotcha. So you've got you've got a big hospital complex in Katy there. You've got a, a big complex in uh, or not I don't know if it's big, but you got one in Cyprus as well. You got the Med Center. What would those commutes look like for somebody, um, either if they had to commute to one of those or um, if they had to kind of maybe if they visited many different hospitals or, or had different clinics? Um, what would you say some of those commutes look like for for Cyprus? So for if you're doing a day um, commute, I would say that the commute would be um, long because uh, we'll keep in mind that Cyprus has increased its population tremendously, especially within the last 10 years. Um, when I worked um, in the, the Heights area um, 10 years ago, um, I, this just give you an idea. I had a 6 a.m. shift and I said, oh, well, it took me 20 minutes to get to the hospital when I looked on, so I should, I should be able to leave by 520. Um, it's, it's as if me and everyone else decided to leave at 520. <laughs> so if you are working downtown, I think that, and you need to get there at the standard 8 a.m. or so, I think that you'll be leaving at around 5 or so in the morning. Um, the, the 290 traffic going into downtown is, um, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, I'm not, I don't know which one is rougher, 290 or I-10. <laughs> I-10 coming from Katy towards downtown. Um, now, they've, um, they've cleaned up a lot of the construction on 290, haven't they? It, that's kind of moved further out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot better. It's a lot better. They've expanded um, 290 during the 10 years that I've been here. They've expanded. Of course, there's also the um, HOV toll that you can jump on to offset um, some of the, the traffic and to bypass it. Um, so there are options out there. It's just, if you are doing it the standard way by just then, and then um, just be prepared. But I mean, that's Houston overall. That's what we're known for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Now, how would you compare, I mean, you talk about New Jersey, right? You talk about traffic. What would you compare that to? Do you get to go back at all? Do you still have family back in Jersey? Yeah, I was actually in Jersey. Um, we did a last week. I was um, 
uh, in New Jersey area going to Martha's Vineyard. So I'd say, I say that their traffic moves a little bit more. We're, we're, yeah, we're, you know, Houston, they say everything's big in Texas. They do. That's what they say. <laughs> the reason. And, and it's the big wait times is what is what you're talking it's about the big there. Wait time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so funny. I've said this before. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles, right? And so mm-hmm. when I think about bad traffic, I think about Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. So I still, you know, Houston traffic can be bad, um, but, well, but not like it's a parking lot. Yeah, it's it's and then just the aggressiveness of the drivers in L.A. is a little bit different. But I remember, you know, when I was working, um, when I was working kind of in my prior life and I would have to I usually just got on a plane. So it was the commute to the airport that I was really most concerned about. And then I would just travel and then we got to stay close. And so that made things a lot easier. But when I did work in town and I remember you just have to get up and you have to go early. And so I remember going yeah. into the Galleria area um and I would just leave at six to be there at eight, and I would get there super early, um, and I would just either read or, um, or I, you know, obviously get some work done if if I could get in early. Sometimes the buildings that you worked at you couldn't get early access to. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but it, I just felt it was better to be able to kind of, you know, whip through traffic versus. Just sit in, you know, in the parking there, lot. And so, it uses a lot yeah. of energy. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and I, I get, I get um, stressed or uh, I get bothered, you know, because uh, anyway, I, that's a, that's, my driving habits probably aren't going to make uh, the, the best conversation. So my, my kids learn a lot of new words when uh, we're in traffic. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's move on to the pros and cons. Um, what do you, what would you say are the, the pros of the area? Um, the pros of the area, um, it's, it's quiet. It's, um, it's definitely relaxing. Um, it's so relaxing that my parents retired from New Jersey and moved down here. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. So, and they love it. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, and, and as with most communities there, um, it's, it's diverse with, um, young families, um, families that are a little bit mature and, um, you know, also older families. So it's, it's a good, it's a good mix. Um, good, um, churches in the area, um, so it's it's a great it's a great balance. Tell me, is it good to have your parents close by or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is fantastic because when you have kids, having having parents close by is so oh, key. It's so key. Um, yes. I we have our. Well, I have my mother-in-law living with us, and um, mm-hmm. I think for our kids to be able to see um, the different generations, right? And, and she's Absolutely. she's Chinese, so then you get a whole cultural thing too. So I think mm-hmm. the the more time the kids spend with the grandparents, the better. Um, the better, and they can partake a lot that 
if we think about the intergeneration and how life was prior to the way chaotic it is right now, um, you know, we had more intergenerational living. Um, parents, one of our challenges is being able to spend enough time with the kids. One of the beauty of having the grandparents is they have the time. And so they can invest the extra 20, 30 minutes when we're like, hurry, hurry, hurry. And, you know, but they have the time to invest there. So it, it, it's, it works out beautifully. There's a, there's a patience there, right? They've already been through that, right? There's mm -hmm. a, it's not new to them. They, they, they're much more better prepared. They know the kids aren't going to be ready in 20 minutes, right? So they start them 30 minutes earlier so that it's not mm -hmm. a panic at the, you know, and we got to run out of the house. Um, yeah, there's so many things. Um, I know when, when I was traveling and working um, all over, my wife is obviously a, a busy physician as well. And, you know, the one constant is we had, we had grandma, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. so we had, we had nannies, but sometimes they weren't as reliable and, you know, or we were between Absolutely. nannies for one reason or another. And so just having that consistency, um, yeah, that was just so, super key for us. So it's great Absolutely. that your parents are, are are down do they like the heat as much as you or 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 what do they think about the heat um uh, my dad uh he just laughs and says i have air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> good for him good for him that's it <laughs> yeah so what about what what about the other pros we got we got relaxing it's a good blend of uh kind of new families older families what else would you say? The school system is excellent. Um, it's a great school system. So, and that's one of the reasons I moved out here, obviously, based on the fact that I've been here for 10 years and my kids are just turned seven. Um, you know, I moved out here prior to having my kids. And that's one of the, um, the reasons I moved. I looked and I wanted to be in an area that had great school system. Um, and so this is, this is definitely, um, a good school system. So if I decided to do private school, or if I decided to do public school, like I would benefit either way. And where were you before? Just to, um, in the Galleria. In the Galleria. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of, um, young professionals come out and that's, that's the area, right? I know that's mm -hmm. when I first got to Houston in 2008, that's where I, um, when I worked up north and they try to put me in an apartment like way north They're, oh it's close to the office you'll have a short commute and I was this young guy and I'm like I'm not not staying in an apartment down here I want to be in this Galleria area right and so yeah. um, I'll, I'll, I'll sit in traffic don't worry about it I just want some nightlife right so yeah I think I think the Galleria is the is the better choice if you're Maybe a little bit younger, looking for more energy, but I think you're right on the school systems. Um, as parents, right, we all kind of, we want a little bit more space and we want good schools for our kids. So, absolutely. What would you say cons? I'd say the cons of the area is that um, getting it and it's starting to improve is having more diversity in the restaurants. So um, the 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 little niche restaurants um they're starting to pop up but um that's one of the um things that we when you're living in the galleria you had that exposure to 
tons of different cultural restaurants. When you're out in um, the areas like some of these suburbs um, of Houston, then most of the chain restaurants, you start off with that before you start getting some of the um, smaller niche restaurants. Um, so that, that I'd say is one of the cons, but um, they're starting to pop up. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. What else? It's a common one. Um, That's a common one for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we want more variety. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, the big commute. We talked about that. If you're trying to go into um, to do any activities, you know, a lot of your friends, they're like, hey, let's meet up. And you're like, sure. And where are they meeting up? Downtown <laughs> in Washington Street. Uh, so uh, you're a little bit farther away from the activities. Um, so it's it makes it um, a little bit more challenging. So you are um, having to add some time to your commute. What my husband and I do whenever we're meeting with friends and we're gonna be anywhere where we're gonna be socializing, but then we just um, do it. We just jump in an Uber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't even bother trying to drive. Where did your husband work? Um, my husband works for um, a nonprofit um, organization, so he's not in medicine. <laughs> gotcha. So but what area? His, um, Southwest Texas. Okay. Stafford area. Oh, okay. Stafford. So you, yeah, so he's yeah. got a pretty good commute then. Yeah. yeah that's... He has a commute. Oh. Yeah. But luckily, they're doing hybrid for for him. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, my my wife has a list of of to go to restaurants and checklist actually, and so um, and I don't believe any of them on the list are in Cyprus, um, and, and there aren't any in really in Siena either. So um, <laughs> that's like you're saying they're all going to be the the Heights, Montrose, Midtown, all those you know kind of inside the loop type of places. Um, <laughs> But there are there are a couple good ones, and I was we were just kind of talking about that before the show, right? Is is there are there's a couple good ones that you've got there in Cyprus that are a little bit more high end, um, I think steakhouse, right, uh, or Italian, um, and mm-hmm. so there are some good ones, but but they, you just don't have the variety that you would normally have. Yeah, right? if you're doing it, you're probably going over to like the vintage park area where it's a little bit more established. Um, than the town lake, which is a little bit newer. Let's get into your business, and and obviously mm-hmm. with what's been going on over the last several years, and I think just in general the the stress of a growing city, the the stress of all the demands that we've got going on. There's a ton of physician burnout, right? Physicians, I think, are working Absolutely. harder than ever. They've got a lot more administrative pressures or insurance pressures. There's a ton of pressures. So let's talk about um, your business and. Um, and kind of what you've got going on. Absolutely. So my company is named Your Caring Docs, and um, we do three things. So one, I do keynote speaking about stress and burnout for organizations. We also do workshops to help to reduce employee stress and burnout. And then the third thing that we do is what we're focusing and highlighting today, which is for our private practice um, owners, we help private practice to increase their productivity and unification of the team through employee retreats. Excellent. So let's talk about that. Um, what do those look like? 
So the employee retreat, so because I do recognize their private practices, number one, <laughs> you do not have a lot of time to take away from the private practice because you do want to keep the productivity high. And so we do a half day retreat and we do it within the practice itself on a day that the practice is closed. So that might be if it's a practice day, if it's on a Saturday, then we'll do a half day retreat there. What that looks like is um, sectioned in a few ways. One, getting the team to get to know each other on a deeper level. Two, growing in the mission and the vision of the practice, having the whole team geared and look and see what the mission and vision is and the goal that the practice owner has. So then the third part is how can each member of the team contribute to achieving the goals based on their portion? So if you have ideas, then you're able to generate ideas together and it's all dear towards the mission and the vision of the business. And then we also work on in incorporating self-care. So we recognize that your team can't be at their best if they're burned out. So we teach self-care, um, we teach them self-care techniques that they can use, stress reduction techniques that they can use throughout the day in order to improve um, their lives overall, and that will help to improve the productivity. So all of this we are discussed in that day, and we come up with a plan. And then of course we do a lot of appreciation because we know that you appreciate your team, <clears throat> sometimes you might not get a chance to let them know. So we definitely dive deeper into team appreciation. And at the end, they'll have a checklist of things that they've come up with that they can use to improve their team overall, their productivity, their goal-oriented um, team, and then we'll do a follow-up and see how they're doing. I think appreciation is uh, underrated. I think, and, and I think it's definitely overlooked because, you know, we get so busy um, and there's stress, there's, there, you get busy. Um, and sometimes you just forget, like you, you really don't mean to say something in a, in a rude way or in a curt way, right? But you're just trying to get onto this next thing and you're not really thinking. And then, you know, you're now you're off attending to another patient or you're attending to some type of administrative type of situation and you think back, oh, I really didn't mean to say it that way. Right, mm -hmm. and, and then you're wondering, did they did they take that wrong, or you know, well, they, and then sometimes maybe we forgive ourselves. Well, they know me; they know that I, I did, I'm not like that, or whatever I, it that's is. That's not how I really am. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and then you forget so. to go back and loop back and say, hey, I was really sorry, so I didn't mean to say it that way. And then, you know, it just it's easy to do, right? Um, it's just Absolutely. easy to to get lost, and so to kind of have that moment where you can come back and and you know either really focus on it so you bring everybody together and then you can maybe bring up some of those times. I mean, I know in my own, um, not practice, but in my own career, um, I've done that a lot. And then and I, my Susan tells me stories about a busy day and then she'll be like, oh, and I, I, I said this in, the, in a wrong way and I had to go back and I apologize. So um, mm -hmm. how did this all come about? How did you, how did, you haven't transitioned, but how did you go from the or build from the emergency room um physician setting and what you're still doing to, to what you're doing with with this well interestingly so it came about during the pandemic as an er physician during the pandemic should have been the most stressful time of my life and i should have been closer to burnout 
but instead I was thriving. And so when I looked at my life and wondered what is it that made me thrive during that time, I realized that there were certain um, skill set that I started to develop and interpersonal skills that I started to build upon prior to the pandemic. And so when the pandemic hit, I delved deeper into that. And so those were part of the self-care techniques. And so that's what I um, helped to incorporate during those um, retreats. Very good. Um, mm -hmm. So is there anything that you maybe could walk us through um, a certain experience, a recent experience where you had, where you're able to come into a practice um, and maybe just kind of talk us through maybe an example? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I had the wonderful opportunity of helping a practice in um, Maryland. Um, we came together and did this wonderful retreat. First of all, the, the, um, the practice owner told the team that we're going to have something special going on, but they weren't really sure what, was, <laughs> what it was. So um, when they came in, they saw this you know, new person. The office looked totally different because it was rearranged. And um, we had all our supplies set out. Um, during even just the getting to know each other period, it was so wonderful because um, at the end, people said, I didn't even know that you had a twin to each other. Like they've been working together for five years. They knew certain things about each other, but because of the fact that they never got a chance to really be unified, they found such additional deeper skill set. Um, they came up with plans and how to increase the productivity in the office. And as I hear from the practice owner now, they've, they're saying, oh, well, you know, we're changing this pricing. As a matter of fact, um, the team is coming up with more ideas that, hey, I think we should target this area in order to bring in more patients from this area, which will help to increase, um, you know, the ROI. <laughs> so these are one of the great things about um, having a retreat especially employee retreat is that the employee, everyone feels vested in the business. It's no longer, oh, I'm just here to just get my check and then I'm going to leave because you've come together and everyone is on the same page and then they know what the goal is and the mission of the company is. They know what the mission of the practice is. They've heard it from the owner. Like, this is what I envision for us. And so now you've heard it from the person who is building this and what you are considered is the person is helping us to build this together. So now you feel invested and you've given ideas and like, you know, it's in a setting, as you mentioned, where it's a relaxed setting. So the person is not stressed to shut it down real quick because I have to go see a patient. Right. It's a, it's a, it's an environment where everyone's mind is open and the creativity is high. So it's, it's just been having great results so far. I think sometimes as, as leaders and, and professionals, um, sometimes we feel like we've got to have all the answers and we're always trying to kind of constantly lead our teams, right? And um, and I'm not sure we always explain the whys sometimes of, of why we're doing certain things. And I can imagine in, in many types of medical practices, um, maybe explaining the whys to, to your staff um, mm -hmm. on certain things. And I was thinking more along the lines of 
maybe why you're trying to lean into certain types of care, certain types of services, um, because then they can start to understand, like, like just what you were pointing out is they could start bringing their own ideas. Well, now that I understand why, right, they might be going through something similar, right, or they're, they've got a friend that's going through something similar, and they're giving some background, and they're putting those things together, and then they're able to kind of maybe bring some new ideas into the practice. Um, so that's, absolutely, that's absolutely. super important. Um, what about some of the signs that you that somebody might be looking for where they could benefit from from um, a retreat like yours, right? You know, if they're they're looking around their office and they're seeing they're seeing these types of things, it says, hey, um, maybe I maybe I should look into one of these retreats. So the first thing is a lot of disengagement. They're coming in and then they're just leaving. You know, there isn't any vested um, in emotion in the practice at all. So when you are, um, you as a leader also have to look within yourself. Are you the only person that's given ideas? And is there a reason why? Is it because you have not opened up your ears or placed an environment where you can get ideas from others? Or is it that they just don't even feel comfortable providing you with ideas? Or is it that they don't even care? This is just a place for me to just earn my whatever it is per hour and I'm gone. If you're having that, then you're gonna see high turnover because as soon as uh, the place down the street can pay them 50 cents per hour more, they're gone, right? So when you look around and you're seeing that you're having um, a lot of miscommunication, um, a lot of discord, um, there isn't any emotional investment. If you yourself even have a great team, but you're unable to articulate to your team what your mission is and you feel so busy and overwhelmed that you haven't had the time you haven't been able to even have meetings with them everyone is just coming and just going then those are signs that you'll probably need a retreat and turnover is expensive right and it's hard to hire and find good employees right so when you get somebody mm -hmm it really serves you to um, hold on to those good people, make sure that they're engaged. Because um, you have the reverse as well, right? So there's some people that won't leave for 50 cents more. They would rather stay where they're appreciated, right? And they're valued and they yes. feel like they're part of something. So I think that pays off in a couple mm -hmm. different ways. Um, a lot of the examples you gave were kind of kind of for the whole staff, right? So you've got kind of admin mm -hmm. level down and then you know, up to the, to the maybe partner. Do you... Do you break them off or do you have separate settings where maybe it's just a partner retreat, right? Where you get the group of partners, whether it's three, four, six partners together and more of a medical type of conversation, right? Or, or business strategy type of conversation, or do you, do you do it more where it's the whole office where everybody's included? At this time, we're doing it for the whole office. But in the future, I do plan on having um, an event, and this is in the distant future, where we can have um, a few of the offices together and do exactly what you just mentioned. Because I feel like it's so important to learn from each other. Because different offices, you're going through similar challenges. 
but you've often been able to overcome some of them in different ways. But for now, we're doing it um, one office with the, the whole staff so that the whole staff can feel they're on the, the similar page. And, um, you know, there isn't that discord of the front end staff versus the back end staff. And, you know, so let's get everyone feeling appreciated and their opinions matter. How can they get in contact you? Well, there are a few ways. Um, if you are a private practice owner and you are looking for someone to put together a wonderful private practice retreat, then I am she, Dr. Tamara Beckford. So you can find me at our website, You Are Caring Docs, which is U R C A R I N G D O C S dot com backslash private dash practice dash retreats. <laughs> Fantastic. Or you can just send me an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I think there's a lot of value there. Um, I'd have to say, you're probably one of the more unique providers in this, right? I think there's a, a ton of need out there for trying to bring your staff together and, and bring your community together. Mm -hmm. So um, I wish you all the success. I, I thank you so much for joining me. It's fantastic talking to you about your practice as well as um, Cypress. So, Thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode.